0: Uh, The Bible says, Matthew 24, verse 3. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming? And what will be the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. One version says, misleads you. For many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and I will deceive many Mm -hmm. and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars, right? And rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but notice what the Bible says, but the end is not yet. Are you with me so far? I, I said, are you with me so far? Verse seven, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And by the way, and there will be famines, pestilence and earthquakes in various places. It wasn't enough to have an earthquake. That happens all the time. Not enough just to have a famine or pestilence. Those things happen. But notice that Jesus said they will happen in various or different places. Places, unusual places. All these things are the beginning. All these things. Now, stay in the Bible. Stay in the Bible. All right. Uh, we got to take the feelings out. We got to take your preconceived notions out. We got to take your popular opinions out. But Jesus said, all these things are only the beginning of sorrow. This morning here at City Church, North Lake, we begin the series "Signs of the Times: Understanding Israel." understanding the church and understanding the end of days understanding Israel the church and the last days Uh, these next few weeks on Sunday mornings and I want to encourage you because you're talking right now you're talking people are talking in the barber shop the beauty shop people are talking on their podcast people are talking in the schools people are talking in the hallways people are talking in the parking lot everyone is that has this curious uh, a, a factuation with all that we're experiencing in the world combined with what we're experiencing domestically in our country and the question is being asked today as was being asked 2,000 years ago are we living in the last days are this the beginning what do we pull from this season uh, as it relates to Scripture so we'll take a very critical and we'll take a very crucial look at exactly what Jesus said about the end of days now real quick we're not gonna talk about what's being popularly said on the internet Everybody okay? We're not going to talk about what my personal revelation is. We're not even going to talk about what your favorite popular preachers are saying. What did Jesus say about the end of days? Everybody okay so far? You've gotten quiet too soon. What did Jesus say? And, and by the way, what is he saying right now in the word about the end of days? The the, the, the theological technical word is eschatology Uh, would y'all say that with me come on say eschatology one more time eschatology oh you sound so smart and intellectual on today it's the study of the last days the study of the end times my goal is that you are benefited that not only are you blessed, but you are benefited with a full understanding of what the Bible says about the last of days. What Jesus would have said about the end of age. So when we look at the word eschatology, or when we say the study of the end times, typically it frames around several topics. Number one, the coming of the Antichrist. Oh, you're awake, I see. Uh-huh. Uh The rapturing or the parousia. Of the church, the great tribulation of 70 years. We won't get in all that these next few weeks. Uh, the restoration of the nation of Israel, the restoration of the nation of Israel. I got a flag. Uh, There's a the post of a flag, of the American flag and the Israeli flag. And here's what I need you to know about this there is something uniquely exclusive about the nation of Israel, not Ukraine, not Kenya. I love y'all, my Liberian brothers and sisters, but not Liberia, and I love us some American folk, but not even America. For 5,000 years, all right, 5,000 years, God not only made a promise, but he also cut a covenant, not just with a land and not just with a culture, but with the people. We may not agree, we may not understand, We may have problems with it, but for whatever reason, God is sovereign, and God did this for a reason. Now, now don't get mad. Please, don't get envious, and don't get all swole up and want to get on this political argument about Palestinians and and, and Jews. No, no, no. because the same Christianity, the same Judeo-Christianity that you and I walk in today was grafted in to that covenant. Now, that should excite every one of us, because here we are now in 2023, and we have been drafted in, we've been invited, we are now at the table of what God wanted to do with these people, and now he says through Christ, through the blood of Jesus, through the cut covenant of the blood, that you all now, uh, we all now have that opportunity. So we'll get into all of that over the next few weeks, because I want to talk about why Israel, and you may say, well, why not Germany? Why not rome Why, what is so uniquely different we'll go to gen what well, we won't do it today but we'll go to genesis 12 we'll go to genesis 15 then we'll look at deuteronomy 8 and then deuteronomy 7 and we can go throughout the entire scripture because one thing i found out is god is a guy who won't lie he has not changed his mind he has not changed his opinion he has not cut his he has not forfeited or abandoned his covenant right And see, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so why Israel? Because it's God's prophetic timepiece, right? This is a tough conversation to have with young people. But with the older saints, people who really have walked this walk and know the trend of the word, Israel is God's timepiece. We won't go too deep into it today, but the Bible says keep your eye on the fig tree. You can learn a lot about the fig tree which represents Israel and how it relates to the day you and I live in. We'll get into that later. Why Israel? Because it was God's covenant with his people. So why the church then? Let's let's fast forward to 2023. Why the church? Because number one, the church is still the bride of Christ. She's the body of Christ and she's the building of Christ. What does that mean? Today we are still, I believe, the most influential in part impactful organism that there is why the church why you because you are living with epistles read of all men that's why you've got cousins right now you've got co-workers you got somebody right now in your home who refuses to come to church because they don't understand anything about God anything about politics anything about the Bible but you know what they will listen to you and they trust you that's why you're important in this narrative and in this conversation so why the last days let me give you three things and you can put them in your notes by the way uh, i don't have my phone with me but uh We've made available a a, a phenomenal, and I know I say this and I sound like a broken record, and I'm gonna keep saying it because I believe in uh, promote my own pond. We've got an incredible app that does everything you can imagine that you need as it relates to church and community. I did a radio talk show with a a host out of Chicago and Detroit this past week, and he said, man, I love your app, by the way. Where can I get one like it? And I'm saying to myself, we got a tool that we'd never really use in our own church. This sermon, the outline, all these notes, you ain't got to try to write all this down. It's on the app, right? This video, cause some of you will sit here and say, man, I wish my uncle could have heard this today. I wish my brother who I argue with all the time about strip could hear this. Well, they can, just get the app hit the share button and text it to them they can see the entire service they can hear the praise and worship and they can even have the notes to follow along so if i am not in the bible you'll know it because you study and read the bible for yourself somebody say amen look quiet here today come on say amen amen so why teach concerning this series on the last days let me give you three compelling reasons number one it is a source of comfort and encouragement to you the believer why teach this series because i want you to be encouraged i don't want you ignorant I don't want you fearful, and I certainly don't want you sitting around here uh, like a, almost, thank you Lord, uh, without having wisdom and knowledge, right? Here's what Thessalonians says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, and the voice of an archangel with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Watch this, after that, we who are still alive, who are left will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet him in the air so we will be with the lord forever verse 18 is so powerful therefore encourage each other with these words now let me just show you how far we're off from this when is the last time you encourage somebody by telling them the lord's return is soon hmm when is the last time you told somebody be encouraged the lord's return is soon when i grew up in the church that's all the oldest saints would always say the Lord is soon to return. The Lord is soon to return. But see, we went out there and got us some degrees and some education, and we, we started rationalizing and getting real logical and we get real smart, and we just figured out, you know what, he ain't been back in 2,000 years. He ain't come back no time soon. Well, let me just help you out. He may not come back for the church anytime soon, but he might come back for you tomorrow. Uh, uh, why don't you encourage your neighbor and say, neighbor, the Lord's return is near. Yeah, see, 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 the Bible says to encourage, number two, here's another reason, we want to challenge, we need to be challenged to be alert, watchful, and prayerful. Be alert, watchful, and faithful in service. Let me stay right there in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 6. But concerning the times and the seasons, the end days, the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write you. For you yourselves perfectly know that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. So when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and that they shall not escape. But you, brethren, but you, brethren, you are not in darkness. The whole author, the whole purpose of the author is to say, hey, I don't want you ignorant. I don't want you walking around spitting and shouting and blowing bubbles and speaking in tongues and you have no word in you. Because my brothers and sisters, that is the day we live in, especially in this Pentecostal, spirit-filled narrative. We got all of the burning, but we have no learning. We got all of this sensation and all the theatrics and we got all of this emotion, but we cannot rightfully divide the word of God. This is why I'm hard. on on, on Thursday night services. This is why I'm adamant about growth track classes and small groups and continually to learn. Let me just say this to you. You can never stop learning. You never truly graduate. So the natural, so the spiritual. You should always evolve yourselves in some type of higher education, some type of matriculation, some type of journey of keep reading, keep learning, keep developing, keep growing. Whether it's in the spirit realm or in the natural realm, every business owner in the room every entrepreneur in the room every educator in the room every whatever your industry is you never kind of stop growing in that industry why would you go to one sunday school class commit to one new members class and all of a sudden stop growing spiritually because heaven and earth will pass away but jesus says in matthew 24 my word will stand and if we've ever needed the word We need it right now. Number three, so you can have an intelligent, biblical answer for everybody who asks of you. You all know 2 Timothy 4. Here's what it says. In the presence of God and and of Jesus Christ, whom will judge the living and the dead and view of his appearing at his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season. Be prepared out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage, and with great patience and careful instruction. Once again, your kids are not leapfrog you to go to the internet to learn about the end days. Your siblings, husbands, your wife shouldn't have to bypass your dead self and go find somebody online who can teach her the word of God as it relates to the end days. You're too busy watching ESPN and BET and have nothing to say about God's word. So now she got to go on the internet and find some prophet and it happens by the way, it does happen. I've had people call me saying pastor, pray for me and pray for my wife, first lady, pastor, because she has gone on a, gone on a tangent with false prophecies on the internet. Well, sometimes I wonder as the man of God of the home, when did we come off the post of being a prophet and a priest and a provider and a protector of our own home? Now contrary, we had a great conversation about this car on, um, on um, Thursday night. Contrary to what we heard Thursday night, You husbands, you are the pastor of your home. I'm not the pastor of your home, I'm the pastor of my home. You, brother, are the prophet, the priest, the protector, the provider of your home. You should be the first line of defense and the firewall around your home as it relates to Bible study and growth spiritually. Right? I'm okay with that. I don't have, I'm not in your home. You are in your home. You are the authority of God in your home. Am I right about that? Now, when you come to church. God gives us responsibilities and assignments and the like. Let let, let me move forward, okay? I want to give you three rules because I I need you to really hear what's about to happen these next few weeks on Sunday mornings. And this, this is what gives me the confidence to teach this without fear of any reprisal or any foolishness happening in the church, right? Here are three rules for engagement of understanding the last days. Number one, we don't date set. We're not here to say, oh, the Lord is going to come back December the 19th, 2026. I know it because the Lord told me that. We don't date set because we are clearly seeing the Old Testament, New Testament, like that no man. Come on, say that with me. Say it. no man. All right, for you gender-specific people, no man or no woman, right, knows the day or the hour of the return of the Lord. So if someone has been telling you they kind of know and they know, uh, run from them. Oh, you're not going to like this teaching today, I say. Uh-oh, watch this even jesus doesn't know the bible says even the son doesn't know only the father in heaven knows what all these things so number one we don't date set. number two we don't add anything to the bible and we don't take anything out of the bible that ain't there we have a tendency to domesticate our bible studies In other words, we break it down so we can understand it and we can feel it so it's comfortable for us. Be careful with that because sometimes we can start adding things to the scriptures that ain't really there. And sometimes we take stuff out of the Bible that was supposed to stay in the Bible because we didn't think it was popular so we don't add or take away. I call that the gospel of meism, the gospel concerning how I feel about it, and that is not the gospel. Number three, we, oh, and I don't want to jump into this, this is the Thursday night message here. Thursday night is right here. We need to distinguish what is absolute, what is, is, is interpretive, and what is the perspective. Let me say that again. We need to make the difference. Please hear me, because every one of you read your Bibles, right? But, but, but everyone in this section, they'll read the same scripture and they'll come, up, they'll come up with a different takeaway. Everyone in this section will read that same scripture and have even the more of a takeaway. So here's what's important as a rule. We need to ask ourselves, what is absolute in scripture? What possibly could be interpretive? And then what's a preference? Something that are absolute. In other words, it is that it is, ain't no changing about it. Jesus lived, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. Those are absolutes. There's no shades of gray with that one. That, these are the facts, right? Now, um, should we in 2023 go to church on Saturdays, which is true sabbat, or should we go to church on Sundays? Well, you know, it's all how you interpret what scripture said, but we're not gonna send you to hell because you went to church on a Saturday versus a Sunday. Some churches, you can't play no drums in the church, right? Some churches, you can play the drum, but you got to play a washboard with it. Some churches, you got to play a harmonica. You know, that's all how you prefer. I don't prefer the harmonica and the washboard in the church. I like good sounding music in the church. It's a preference. But if you choose not to have a B3 organ, we're not going to send you to hell. So what is absolute? What can be interpretive? Let me give you an example of interpretive. The millennial. The millennial is a thousand year reign. There are some teachings that the millennial is pre-millennial, some are post-millennial, and some are mid-millennial. In other words, some people think the millennial will happen at this time, well, he already came back. No, he's gonna come back for part one, of this. it's gonna be part two, and then, no, you know what? He's already come, so there's no need to look for him a third time. People have different ways they interpret scripture. You have to know the difference. Is everybody okay so far? I said, everybody okay so far? Let's go to our text this morning, Matthew 24. The church, that is the disciples, ask questions. They had questions. They have questions. You know what? You have questions. There was a what and a when. Let's look at the scripture. The Bible says, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming of the end of age. Jesus answers these two very important questions with a stern warning to be watchful and prayerful. In other words, and please hear me when I say this, it wasn't so into the, the signs and it wasn't so much into the time as much as it was being prepared and being ready jesus answered and by the way he never really did go to the heart of what the answer was his answer was you be watchful and you be prayerful he warns them of the danger of seeking signs that wouldn't have been his first time, by the way. He had a he had a tendency to tell the church, "Be careful not to always ask and look for signs, because you're dabbling in a little bit of magic, you're dabbling in a little bit of luck, you're dabbling in a little bit of man and God." He said, "Don't be focused on those things. Here's what you should be focused on: making sure your house is in order. Control the things you can control, and the things you cannot control." don't even worry about them everybody all right so far I want us take it slowly as we go there are 10 signs he gives 10 signs I won't belabor all of them there are a lot of signs but there are 10 signs he does list in the book of Matthew 24 let me go through them real quick and I want to focus on the last two or three and then we'll find a way to do part two on next Sunday number one many false prophets would come in my name verse five many false prophets we talked about that Thursday night people who 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 the internet People who go from city to city and town to town and rent out hotel rooms and put announcements on the radio. Oh, my brother, you need to come down to the hotel and hear from the prophet. Oh, I'm telling you, there's going to be a word from the Lord. Oh, bring your money, bring your cash out. And I'm telling you right now, you're going to get a miracle from the Lord. And some of you dumb, gullible folk will go right down there with your infamile money, your diaper money, your mortgage money, and your debt. And give everything to the barefoot prophet, who you will never see again, by the way. Because he told you, I see your future. Mm, I see, I see, I see something breaking. In your life, oh Lord Jesus, I want to praise you while I write this check and while I'm giving all my money. And your husband at home hungry, he home right now, desperate. He hung he at home by himself. And I'm not trying to say we can be so gullible. False prophets. Number two, gotta keep moving. There will be wars. Oh my God. But there'll also be rumors of war. Right now, Ukraine is in a war with Russia. Would you all agree? That's a war. Right now, Israel is in a war. Not with Palestinians. Israel is in a war with Hamas. That's happening right now. But there's a rumor that Iran is being drawn into the table. There's a rumor that America now is being drawn into the table. It's not even a rumor. We've got ships, Navy, Air Force right there ready to go. Rumors. Russia. China. Wars, rumors of war. Three, nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. We're not just talking about the highlights, but all over the world, there are skirmishes, fightings, battles, countries, nations, tribes. People are at art with each other. Number four, there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquake. You hear about the earthquake in Nepal uh, a couple of days ago? 130, 140 people have died. Wait a minute. Here's another earthquake in California just this past week. Uh, you may not believe this, but go fact check me. Go fact check me. It was an earthquake right here in North, Western North Carolina a few weeks ago. It was a major one, but it was one one. There are tremors. And you might say, oh, that's natural. Or, oh, that's just typical. It happens. But various places at the same time. Everybody okay so far? Number five. And here's what keeps me up at night. Let me slow it down. Here's, is where I need prayer. Many of y'all know I've been in the pro-Israel advocacy for many, many years. I've traveled all over the world. I've done Night to Honor Israels in Africa. I've done them all over the country. I've been the best out in New York. I've been to California. I've been to Beverly Hills. I've been to Jewish Federation, I've been to synagogues, uh, black churches, young, old, white—you name it. I've been to some Second Amendment churches in Colorado, where there was literally a gun in the pulpit, up under the table. I and, and up in the pulpit, and I'm like, "Good wow, this is wild, right?" So I've, I've been in cowboy church, right, and, and all for the fact. But but one thing I'm seeing now that I didn't see then was this groundswell of hatred did you see washington dc yesterday this is this is which one is this this is uh i think this is that's that might be london yes yeah, london but did you see washington dc yesterday did you see london did you see new york, new york city and you might say oh yeah that's an isolated international problem thousands of miles away from here no no, no baby that's right here in charlotte north carolina east coast here and it's this ongoing growing sentiment of anti-Israel, anti-Semitic. Right now, anti-Semitism is 400% higher now than it was this time last year. And uh, again, fact check me, fact check me. 59% is coming from the community of color. We have a tendency to empathize with the oppressed based on what we see in the media. But if you don't know the facts, whether they be biblical, whether they be factual, whether they be real, We have a tendency in our hearts to wanna empathize with people who are being quote-unquote oppressed. How can you occupy a land that God gave in the Bible thousands of years ago? How can you push and do the, and again, I'm not gonna go down that that road too much, but I want you to know there is a hatred. Two things that come to, to mind are college campuses. And if you look closely at these crowds, they're becoming more and more colorful more and more domestically colorful with us. I get it. I understand the social concerns and the social framework and the construct of what people are seeing on these college campuses. But as a Christian, as a Judeo-Christian, we cannot afford to be divided or waffling or wishy-washy when it comes to what we've always heard and known. My conversation would be this, if David was living today, and if he had been given the instructions to take the head of Goliath off, you remember the scripture, now don't get quiet now in the Bible, because we preach and holler, and we'll, we'll do cartwheels, and we'll flip backwards, and we'll have these moments, because it's a great message. He goes and says, what has this uncircumcised Philistine Philistine, Philistine, what does this um, circumcised Philistine have to do with, 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 with um, threatening the nation of Israel? He said, is there not a cause? He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. Goliath, you nine foot nine giant, you, you've got the shield, the sword, and, 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 and all the protection. But I got, these, I got these five stones, right? And I got the anointing. I'm going to cut your head off. I feel like I'm going to cut your head off. And when I do it, I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to take your head and show the world that we have defeated the, 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 the head of the enemy. Now, where would you have been in that conversation? Where would you have been in that conversation? Oh, come on, Dave. You don't take all of that. Come on, let's just sit down and see if we reason some things out with the people who want to kill us. Huh? What about Samuel? prophet we love samuel the prophet oh yeah he heard from the lord he's a great man of god he comes on the scene in first samuel 16 with the oil he anoints david oh we're so scared of him why because he's so powerful god says samuel tell saul to go and kill everybody in the area don't leave nobody alive now again we can't i'll be the first to admit i don't understand that that's tough that's hard but that's what god wanted at that time was to deal with those who don't want to see you alive? And we can deal with it. We can accept it when it's 3,000 years ago. But why can't we accept that biblical understanding now? Jihadism. Jihadism. Holy war. The social, religious construct of ridding the world of infidels. All these spandex y'all want me to be wearing? And your face is showing and you driving and these women's rights and all of this LGBT gay and all of this loose world that the Western world like Israel in the United States has, has, has ruined. we have a march, King orders from our jihadist mindset to rid the world of that. So the nickname for Israel is little Satan. And the nickname for America is big Satan. Nothing new is under the sun. From the days of Ishmael and Isaac, from Jacob and Esau, you asked a question a few weeks ago in the men's Bible study uh, who, what, about the descendants of lots. And I'm so sorry I didn't have that answer for you at that time. I hope you forgive me and I hope you would trust that I still read my Bible from time to time. But the Lot's descendants were the Amalekites and the Edomites. Those were continually historically the arch enemy of Israel. And so when you look at history, there's nothing new under the sun. I know I'm spending a lot of time than I, more time than I should have, but let's get back to the scripture. So, so it's the persecution and the hatred. And Jesus speaks to that in a moment. Let's go to number six and seven. For many, oh God, oh God, oh God. <laughs> For many will be offended. Are we not living in a world today well, you better be careful what pronouns you use. Doctor, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but in London, they are now putting forth, in London, in the UK, they are now putting forth a, 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 a legislative measurement that it can now become a crime if you offend the pronouns of a person. Hey, what I say earlier, y'all? Fact check it. I ain't just making this stuff up because it sounds good. In the UK, they are now putting forth legislative orders that if you don't acknowledge the, 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 the desired pronoun, y'all know how y'all do here. You know, he, she, they, us, him. I, I forgot, I, I mean, I've, I've gotten lost with it all, to be honest with you. Now we tuck it behind the whole, um, uh, 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 you know, cancel culture and be easily offended, but it didn't have to be that extreme. We're just hypersensitive, period, now. We are easily offended at anything. My question would have been this. Could we have really honestly made it in the days of Jesus? We say we sold out. We say we really love him. We say, oh, we just so sanctified, saved through the Holy Ghost. But Jesus made a statement. He said, many will hate you for my name's sake. And let's talk about the end days. You know, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but let's talk about the end days. Verse seven, number seven. Many will be betrayed and they will begin to hate one another. In fact, here's what the scriptures say. Then they will be deliver you to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated for all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and betray one another and hate one another. Number eight, many false prophets will rise up and defeat many. I've already shared that, so I'm going to keep moving. But number nine, the love of many will grow cold due to the increase of lawlessness let's take our eyes off of the Middle East for a moment let's take our eyes off of Ukraine and Russia let's look right here in the United States of America we uh, hello y'all still with me yeah. uh, are you still with me maybe I went to a bad spot and we got disconnected <laughs> two years ago the nation cried out to defund the police some of y'all cried out defund the police and I understand what that meant to terms the balance in the re resourcing you know resources within the department I get it I get it but the cry was they're not needed how many of y'all have ever been to Seattle? Let me just, just show a hand, you've been to Seattle, okay? One of the most beautiful cities in the world. We just talked to a friend, oh not a friend, but we just talked to someone who recently moved from Seattle. She's like, we can't even walk outside at night. How many of y'all have been to San Francisco, San Francisco? You ever been downtown San Francisco? You remember how beautiful that square was? All of the nice department stores, and all the nice hotels, and it was just so gorgeous. Go there now. Nordstroms pulled out. All the department stores are pulled out. Why? Lawlessness. I just read something yesterday about DC, y'all saw on DC, on DC, the, 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 the carjackings have increased. I, I don't remember the percentage, forgive me, because I don't want y'all to fact-tech-jack because I do know what happened. I just know the numbers. But now they're giving out little tag, air tags for cars, because they go ahead and acknowledge, you're going to get your car stolen, that's just going to happen. So but here's the tag to put inside the car so when it gets stolen we can help you find the car. Lawlessness. New York City. Uh, I know y'all been in New York City, how many of y'all been in New York? Uh, okay, everybody. Yeah. New York City. You can't walk two blocks without smelling weed. I don't smoke weed. I don't, I really don't. But by walking to New York, and I'm not talking about Brooklyn and Bronx, I'm talking about Manhattan. Man, my head be hurting, and, and I'm looking at my wife upside down, and what's going on, and lawlessness. People now realize we can commit crimes. We can, we can, we, we, we can mug people, rape, we can, and we're gonna get away with it. Listen, you're looking at me like I'm, I'm making this stuff up. It's called lawlessness. Jesus said there would be an increasing of lawlessness. You cannot tell me we are repeating history right here. You cannot say what we're experiencing right now, oh, that happened back in the 30s, oh, that happened back in the 70s, oh, that happened 10 years. No, you can't say that. You can't say that. We're not even talking about the murder of abortion. We're not even talking about homicide. And all of the things we're experiencing. So you want to know, are we living in the last days? Keep putting the narrative together. I just want you to be smart. I'm not asking you to be emotional, but I'm asking you to be intelligent in the Bible. Keep putting the equation together. So that being said, the love of many would grow cold. Then false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. I'm going to leave the last one of the 10 to the last part of the message, which I'm almost there. Until that time, there are four truths Jesus gives about the end days. There are four truths, all right, four truths, four truths that Jesus gives concerning the end days. And uh, let me give a stab at four of them real quick, and what we don't finish now, we'll, we'll pick up next week. Number one, he says there'll be a great tribulation. In fact, let me give them to you all in case I don't get to them. Number two, there'll be a second coming of Christ. Number three, there'll be a rapturing of the church. And then number four, there will be a judgment for everybody. Let's unpack those real quick. Number one, there's going to be a great tribulation. Let's stay in chapter 24, verse 9 and 10. And then they will deliver you up to tribulation and they will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Now, I know I'm very biased. And I know you may not agree with me. I, I get that. I'm okay with that, but I'm not gonna change my stand. I'm not. Can you imagine those Jewish college students right now on these campuses? Just for a moment. Can you imagine a population of people that make up less than 2%? 2%. And every time they cut the TV on, they see something today that they didn't even they didn't even see this in 1938 with Hitler. They see hundreds of Thousand, not in Germany, but around the world, who say, we don't like you. We don't think you should exist. You may think that's extreme. Watch the news when you watch the news. Read the Bible when you read the Bible. And you may say, my name is Bennett, and I'm not in it. Yes, you are, Christian. Yes, you are, Westerner. Yes, you are, American. You are in it. Jesus said, they will hate you because of me. Don't forget, Jesus was Jewish. He still is. Don't forget. He practiced the religious ceremonies. He did everything Jews did. They will hate you because of me. This world is not your friend. Okay? Go on down there with your black cell, in march, and by the way, let them know you're a Christian, and see how quick that conversation changes. I'm so ashamed to tell you, we got some bishops in our, we got some bishops in our church, pastors, missionaries, mothers. Not not this church here. I'm talking about black church, just world, international, just church, church. They are so blind when it comes to scripture, for the sake of appeasing popularity. I know I'm well over my time right now, and I'm trying to find an exit ramp. I'm trying to find an exit ramp, but I need you to be firm. I need you to be really, really firm in your conviction. Number one, there'll be great tribulation. Let me keep reading just real quick, real quick. Let me get this real quick. Uh, Verse 21 and verse 22. For then there will be a great tribulation such as no one has seen since the beginning of the world until this time, nor will ever be and unless those days are shortened no flesh will be saved not even for the elect's sake those days will be shortened so what's the tribulation real quick here's how we define the tribulation it's a seven year period of anguish tribulation that will come on the earth again I don't have time to go into the depths of it there's pre-trib post-trib and mid-trib some people believe that it's going that, that we will be here as Christians to see it some people believe that we're going to be raptured out first then he's going to do it and some people say it will be a part one we'll see half of it and then we'll see the other half we, we can get all those interpretations later but there will be a tribulation period. Seven years. And it's going to happen. And you need to know, oh, I think I made it now because my paycheck was late. Oh, I think it's now because I don't have no lights on my following. That ain't a tribulation. People will be killed, martyred for what they believe. You will be fired from your job and kicked out of your community from a homeowner's perspective because of what you believe. Tribulation. Number two, there will be a second coming of Christ. Verse 27 through 30, as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so will the coming of the son of man be. Jesus says this in Matthew 24, then the son of man will appear in heaven and then all of the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and glory. Let's stop right there. There will be a second coming of Christ. Someone say amen. I like it better when you say "Man," because it lets me know you agree. There will be a second coming of Christ. You know what? Paul picks it up and says it this way in 1 Thessalonians 4. He says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with a voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead and Christ will rise first. Can I pause for a moment? I know this sounds really, really, really animated and you think you're watching some movie, but let me just tell you this. Can you imagine being on the job and the trump of God's sound. Now I know. What we, now we're not talking about the brass, and we ain't talking about the. Uh, 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 um, we're not talking about the brass and the saxophone and the trombone and the baritone and the bass. Now it'll be the so far. You hear the loudest so blowing of a sofar that you have ever heard in your life. I, I, I know it sounds animated, but can you imagine? You have to cut in your grass, and all of a sudden. Folk coming out the ground. Things start happening here and there. What in the world? You have to know and believe that you believe the Bible. I believe. I believe. Number three, there will be a rapturing of the church. There will be a rapturing of the church. What did Jesus say about the rapture? Verse 31. And he will send his angels with a great sound of trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven To the other. Paul says, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we all shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last, there it is again, the last trumpet or the safar will blow. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Let's stay right there, real quick. First Thessalonians 4. After that, we who are still alive. See, God has a God of order. He ain't breaking line for nobody. (laughs) Those who have died in Christ gonna be first on the list you're gonna be first on the list and those of us who are yet still living in the earth oh jesus said hey be careful for those who happen if this happens in the winter time be careful for those who inside inside cooking or be careful for whatever you got going on because god is bringing a rapture to the church let me read this last verse of scripture number four there will be a judgment for everyone all nations will be gathered before him And he will separate them one from another as the shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left hand. We need to be reminded on this morning there will be a great day of judgment. We need to be reminded that God is wrapping this thing up and it comes to the full culmination. It comes to the full climax. It comes to the full apex of a judgment day. The Bible says, Behold, the judge cometh. Hebrews 4, excuse me, Hebrews 9, 27. And as it is appointed, man wants to die, but after that, the judgment. I'd be a bad preacher today, and I'd be a poor preacher if I didn't give you some instructions of what I can do right now. What can I do right now? Jesus gives us three things that we need to do. And let me leave you with these three instructions. Number one, stay in the word of God. Stay in the word of God so that no one deceive you. Stay in the Word of God. Come on, look at your name and say, Stay in the Word of God so nobody will deceive you. I wrote this down the other day and I, I, I want to read this. It says, the best way not to be deceived is to stay in the truth. Stay in the Word for the truth is the Word, okay? I got three minutes left and I want to use these three minutes wisely. Stay in the Word of God. My friends, don't be easily distracted with all of the cares of the world. I know you're trying to make money. I know you're trying to climb up the ladder. I know you're trying to have a whole bunch of friends. And I know you're trying to build a whole bunch of networking. But tell your neighbor, neighbor, stay in the word. Stay in the word for the word is truth, right? Bible says John 17, 16, they are not of the world just as I, Jesus says, are not of the world. But sanctify them by your truth for your word is the truth. May I help you with this one real quick? Number one, stay in your devotion at home. I don't know why I'm rushing like I'm rushing this morning. Your first priority to God's word should always be at home. Okay? I got amens here, here, got some over here, but I don't think nobody over here said amen. <sighs> oh, all of the priests are rolling over in their grave. Your first devotion and your word should never be in church on Sundays or Thursdays. It should be at home. Okay? Come on, say at home. Get you a good study Bible, get you some resources and learn to study. Simple as this, reading the Bible one time is reading. Reading it twice is studying. Study the word at home. Number two, the church, Bible study, school of ministry, growth tracks, Sunday school. Well, I didn't did all of that. I didn't finished all of that. Well, now we got small growth. Find yourself in a continued learning of higher education as it relates to the word of God. You know, I, 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 you know, I wanted to talk about the Antichrist, but I won't. Um, I, I got a little bit more notes left, y'all, but uh, some people think it's going to be Donald Trump. Some people think it's going to be Elon Musk. Some people think it might be Putin. What a name, Putin. Yeah, okay. (laughs) But what, (laughs) here's what we do know. He'll be a world dictator empowered by Satan based on Revelation chapter 13, verse 1 through 18. He would gather all non-Christians to worship him through one world government, currency, financial. Oh, did y'all see the the news about a month ago? They are now putting implants in the hands of people so they don't have to worry about pulling their cars out. See, we love the whole, um, what do you call it, tap? You tap your card. You can tap your card now. All right, I can tap my phone now. Now you can tap your hand. That should not be a wild moment for us because we knew in the Bible as we got closer to a caste of society and the implant and the chip. Let's talk about this Antichrist. Uh, One world order, national states. uh, That this person would have the answers to all a man's needs. You put that in combination with a world that is declining income-wise and the inflation is rising, people get hungry, people get desperate, people become more vulnerable. So you know what, getting a mark or a chip or whatever it takes in this one world government will cause me to be able to pay my bills and take care of my kids. All of this is wrapping around the framework of an antichrist I better keep moving number two Jesus said be faithful in prayer and then he spoke this parable verse 18 chapter Luke 18 and 1 to them saying men should always pray and not lose heart I love the way the Amplified Version says this always Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they should always pray and not turn coward faint lose heart and give up okay Colossians 4, 2, continue earnestly in prayer. Be vigilant in it with all thanksgiving. Third and finally, and by the way, let me go over these two again. Number one, stay in the word that nobody deceive you. Number two, be faithful to God in prayer. I wrote down some notes about why it's important to be faithful in prayer. When you're in prayer, God gives you a discernment. There's something in your Holy Spirit that God gives you that says Mm-mm, something ain't right about this, something not right about that. If you don't pray, you won't have the peace of God on the inside that gives you a firewall against deception and seduction. So it gives discernment and it gives direction. Uh, may I borrow one extra minute here because I think it's worth reading Matthew 24. Are you all still in Matthew 24? Are you still in Matthew 24? Look at verse 30. Uh, look at verse 36. Here's what the Bible says, verse 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And did not know until the flood came and took them away, so also will be the son of man's coming. All the while, Noah was getting lumber. Then he went over there and got him some tar. Then he went over there and began to get a hammer. A couple of weeks later, he's sawing something. A couple weeks later, he's constructing something. And it's big too, by the way. A month later, he's gluing it all together. A month later, he's polishing off the final touches. They should have known something when the animals started showing up. Here go two elephants, two giraffes, two baboons, two gorillas, two mice, two roaches, two this, two that. They could have left the mosquitoes and the roaches off, by the way, that's just my personal opinion. Should have left them all. but that's, that's a whole other method. I guess everything has to do with the ecosystem, okay, I got it. They should have known something when the clouds start getting dark. Should have known something when the ark started taking shape. But they were so busy in their social media, they were so busy making money, they were so busy arguing over some trivial stuff, they were so busy in their sin. They got blinded by their fornication. They got blinded in their adultery. They got blinded in homosexuality. They got blinded in their politics. They got blinded in their line. They got blinded in their back body. They got blinded! All the while, Noah said, "Baby, come on, sons, come on, daughter, come on, and all your animals." Somebody shut the door. And it rained, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained. could it be today? Jesus said, "So as it will be in the days of Noah." All the while, here's a war. There's a rumor. Here's COVID-19. Here's some lawlessness. All the while, you know, here's hatred. Here's lawlessness all the while. Here's a pessimist. Here's a famine all the while. And we didn't even see it until that one great day. And by that time, it will have been too late. You will have sat here and made all the money you would have ever wanted to make get all of the degrees and certifications you would have ever wanted. You got more friends than you can know what you think you got friends. They're not friends. They're associates and co-workers and colleagues and cousins. They're really not friends. But nevertheless, that's a whole conversation. You got everything. What would it profit a man to gain the world? You lose a soul. Would you stand to your feet and lose his soul? Jesus' answer to the sounds of the times and the end days wasn't about a when nor about a what but it was all about being prepared, being ready. My question to every one of you today is, are you ready? Are you truly ready for the rapture? Are you ready for the second coming of Christ? Can you truly, honestly say that if the Lord was to rapture the church today, all of the things that we, it just seemed like a jigsaw puzzle is coming together. I don't know about you all, but man, a jigsaw puzzle is a great illustration. You don't see it all at first, but piece by piece, bit by bit, little by little, the picture starts becoming clear. Are you ready? We were at our Sunday, excuse me, we were in our growth tracks class this morning. Thank you, Pastor Mary, for your tenacity and your stick to it as pastor Christian education. Thank you, Pastor Sharon, for teaching and leading the class, and thank you all for winning the class. We made a statement about how gracious God is. He will allow some of us to hit rock bottom early in our lives, so we have time to get it right, and live right. I can't testify for nobody else, but I'm glad I made all my dumb, stupid decisions early in my life, and that God in his infinite mercy and love and grace would give me an opportunity to get it right and to live the rest of my life, the best of my life because for some of us who are right now stuck in the canal of sin you're older now you should be smarter you should be wiser you should be more experienced but yet you find yourself struggling with your flesh at the age you're at baby you ain't got but so much longer to live and you don't want the enemy to start messing with your faith and your doubt and unbelief the Bible says that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he had suffered some of us now are obedient today because of the pain and the suffering either we had on us or we caused but isn't he beautifully merciful that he gives us an opportunity so if and when not if but when the trumpet sounds we ain't got to sit up here nervous, wondering we going to heaven or hell. Not if, but when he raptures the church, the dead in Christ. I applaud you all. You put your time in, you put your work in, you put your faith in. Get on up there and go and be with the Lord. Because the Bible says the dead in Christ arise first, and then we who remain will be caught up to meet him in the air. I believe it. believe it. Okay with science or logic or the media. A popularity says, I believe the Bible is right. Somebody's wrong. And that being said, Jesus says, be watchful and endure hardship. And many will be offended and betray one another. And they will hate one another. And many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because the law is abound, the love of men will grow cold. But he, but he, but he, but he who endures to the end shall be saved sweetheart you got to know today that your labor is not in vain my brother you got to know man that your hard work and your holiness and righteousness and living right is not in vain payday is going to come after a while put your time in Paul says be watchful in all things endure affliction do the work of evangelists fulfill your ministry watch therefore Jesus says for you do not know what hour the Lord is coming but know this that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into some of you allowing the enemy to break into your back door I love you so much as your pastor but you've got to cut off every relationship that doesn't please God Cut it off. Your soul is more important than a man that you are sleeping with that ain't your husband. Your soul is more important than a woman you seen on the side that ain't your wife. Somebody clap their hands and say, Praise the Lord. You are being robbed of an anointing. You're being robbed of blessings. Whatever secrecies at night, online, on the internet, with pornography, the drinking, the compromising, the lying, the enemy is robbing you. He's robbing you and he's robbing your children and your children's children of a legacy. You want to be known as a godly grandmother, as a godly grandfather. You want to be known as a great husband and father man of God. But the enemy comes through that back door, robs you of your integrity, your pride, robs you of everything that God has given you. He's a thief and a liar, the Bible says. And he comes to steal kill and destroy. Let me take it step further. Some of us are dealing with shame and guilt and condemnation. You've been forgiven. God forgave you. People forgave you. But you can't forgive yourself. And the last I checked, the Bible says that there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus whom the Son set free is free indeed. I don't want anybody in this room to ever second-guess whether you are prepared to go to heaven. You got to know that you know that you know. If he don't come back for another 2,000 years, he can come back tonight at the intersection of trade and try-on and a car accident. Are you ready? I love sleeping good at night. I love getting up in the morning saying, God, I thank you for a good day kept me all night long. I'm in my right mind because there was a year, there was a season in my life I couldn't say all that. But thanks be unto God who gives us the victory and he always causes us to triumph.